from Montana for Montana. It's Voices of Montana. Hi, I'm Tom Schultz, host of the program. Thanks for clicking on the podcast. Please subscribe and please contact me here for show suggestions or comments at Tom at VoicesOfMontana.com. So how was 2023 from an economic standpoint? I think our pocketbooks are a little bit lighter. That has to do with inflation. Inflation still a problem here as well. But there have been some real dire expectations or predictions about our inflation. It's actually kind of been managed okay. I'm maybe a bit surprised at that too. Uh, and there's, there's a lot to come, but there are some key indicators when we look at our economy and looking back at 2023 that, that bode well for us as we look into 2024. Well, guess what? We're going to do that today with Robert Tino Sonora, professor of finance at the University of Montana, today on Voices of Montana. Hey, you guys, thanks for being here. It's Friday, only two more working days this week. Excited, very, very, very excited about that. But, uh, you know, two decades strong working on three. It's from Montana. For Montana, Voices of Montana, Michael Howe will join us a bit later on. Senior advisor, stakeholder engagement is his title there. But he's with Enbridge, and that's a, kind of a new player in Montana anyway. But, yeah, you look at what they they are doing. It's They are rather large delivery, liquid pipelines, natural gas pipelines, renewable energy, a sustainable focus as well. We'll talk about their indigenous um, encouragement too. Let's welcome our friend back to the program here, Dr. Robert Tino Sonora, professor of finance there at the University of Montana. Tino, how's it going? All right, Tom. How about you? I'm hanging in there. I appreciate you coming on. You been okay lately? Not too bad, thanks. Yeah, uh, staying busy. Uh, yeah, I stay warm now. This cold air just got came blowing through, so you guys probably got a little bit too. So. Not yet. It is still spring like here, and it's making me a little bit nervous. Um, I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, what when I, when I asked a question about if if you if you gave us a two minute dissertation and t- dissertations aren't two minutes, but um, if you look back <laughs> at that 2023 year from your economist uh, standpoint, what do you see? Boy, that's tough. I think there's a lot of mixed signals out there. Mm. Uh, obviously, the economy is doing pretty well. Inflation is coming down. It's it's not uh, it's not at the two percent range that the Fed would like to see just yet, but it is getting closer. Um, prices are still you know high. I mean, people I think sort of think that when inflation comes down, that means prices are coming down. No, it just means that prices are ro- rising at a slower rate. So that's something we keep be mindful of. It's still at about three three and a half percent in rate of inflation, which is you know, a little bit high, um, but getting a lot better. So that's good. I think the GDP, real GDP in the country as a whole has done has done well. Uh, I was reading today that, you know, manufacturing in particular has bounced back very strong. Um, you know, a lot of job gains nationwide and in the state of Montana in the manufacturing sector. So yeah. that's a good sign as well. Um, you know, there's just a, and then, you know, on the other hand, in financial markets, there's still some, some weirdness with the, with the relatively high rates of, short-term interest rates relative to long-term interest rates. So that's sort of sending a kind of a still a mixed signal. You know, usually that kind of situation arises uh, in times when we're about to enter a recession here in the United States. We haven't yet, which is good, but, you know, there's still some interesting sort of, I think, some confusion of what what that actually means. Uh, Obviously, you know, mortgage rates are still high. Housing market's still a little bit tight. So I think right now we're kind of like, some good, some you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly kind yeah. of uh, yeah. going on. Um, uh, so I looked at uh, the Treasury Department, and they put out a, a report here. This was late October, the U.S. economy in global context. And, and they gave themselves credit, so to speak, for um, um, 
where the U.S. seems to be outperforming their expectations anyway, and probably better than some other countries. But they talked about uh, growing economic output, had a really good third quarter, I believe. Labor market resilience, that's uh, another thing that that stands out. But that may be, um, well, that has some ramifications. And uh, I think that labor market probably will move in 2024. And then slowing inflation. Uh, given, given those those three, economic, the output, the labor market, and, and inflation. If you, were to, if you were to sum that up, would, would you agree with the Treasury Department that that, is, that has outperformed expectations this last year? I think, I think you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the growth that we've seen, particularly coming out of COVID, has been sort of just recovery, you know? So we had a really pretty deep, deep, very short, but very, very deep recession yeah. uh, for about two months, three months. And so some of that is still some recovery. So, you know, as I was saying earlier, like, for example, in manufacturing, you know, uh, GDP, I'm sorry, manufacturing employment has rebounded to above trend, um, pre-COVID trend, I should put, I should say. So I think this is this is a good sign. And, I, yes, we are outperforming much of the rest of the world. You know, uh, Europe's kind of ch- potentially entering into a recession if it hasn't already. Uh, GDP growth, for example, in Germany is, is estimated to be, you know, 0%. Um, or, you know, less than 1% for the next year or so. So it, it's, it's, I think the United States is doing relatively well. Uh, you know, the only thing that is problematic, of course, is, is those inflation numbers uh, for many people. And the prices in general, not just the inflation, but actual prices are, are higher. And that, that's a permanent raise, you know, over the past yeah. uh, year or so, two years. So that's, that, that's I think, going to be the most, that's going to be the thing that people are really going to keep an eye on. And I should say that inflation has been, basically European and U.S. inflation has been the most watched statistic, I think, over the past year or so uh, that there is. So every little signal like inflation is coming down, all then immediately everything is reacting uh, to just even the announcement of inflation, not even, you know, interest rate policies or anything like that. So I think that uh, that's something we're going to want to keep an eye on uh, for the foreseeable future and which is kind of leading us to these higher interest rates, higher mortgage rates and, and everything. But uh, at some point we'll start seeing these things coming down um i suspect well, i suspect the fed to start lowering rates maybe at the second third quarter of next year so mm. that's that's kind of where i think they're going to go um i'm always concerned uh curious about consumerism because when, i guess when you're, you're talking about that inflation rate i think the reason people are watching it is because a large part of um our societies, Western society, is built on consumerism. That's not a bad thing. I think that shows affluence and, and, and prosperity. Uh, but it is concerning um, when when we see inflation to the level that it has risen. Uh, we see consumerism propped up by government spending. What do you see when when I when I peer into where consumerism fits into today and tomorrow's economy? Well, I mean, as you said, you know, the United States economy is about 70% of GDP is, is household consumption, and that's on goods and services. And I think the question kind of boils down to, like, what are, what are they, what are people buying? What is the con- mm. consumption? I mean, our, our, a lot of our economy is based on replacing things, right? I mean, um, but it, it depends on what, what it is we're buying. And then certainly if higher prices go into, say, housing, then that means there's less less going on and, and, you know, that's less going out to the restaurants and these kinds of things. So it just depends. It becomes a reallocation question about how people are spending their dollars rather than, than that they're spending at all. You know, so some sectors are being, you know, hurt at the, at the expense of others. 
so that's that's kind of the um, I think that's kind of the question that we're still kind of having is is what are people buying? I mean, I was reading got kind of an article today that everybody says the economy is not good, but we're still spending a lot of money. Um, but you know, on the other hand, you know, savings has gone down considerably. A lot of that 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 COVID money has been spent now. Um, there has been a, a slight rise in, in credit card debt, uh, bank uh, not, uh, lateness of pay. Um, so there's that there's going to be some of these things where we, we we're still trying to consume like we did, but perhaps there's some other income side things that are kind of squeezing us a little bit. And I think that's something, especially with short term interest rates rising so sharply, that's going to put a big dent in people's you know income and their ability to spend more because that's going to reflect in higher credit card debt uh, because the interest rates are so high. So it's going to be again. I think we're going to see a little bit of a slowing next year because of some of these, particularly these interest rate issues. On the other hand, you know, there's people who, who own their houses have pretty good mortgages. And so, you know, those, those housing prices, which has been a lot of which been driving inflation recently and, and, and rental prices for those of us that already own a home, you know, that that's obviously not affecting us at all. So we're, we're free to kind of keep uh, spending the way we have been. Dr. Robert Tino Sonora is with us here, professor of finance, University of Montana, a two-time Fulbright uh, recipient as well, University of uh, Zagreb in Croatia, where he served and be heading there for Christmas. I'm going to ask you about uh, the Christmas holiday in Croatia. Tino, <laughs> I'm really, I, uh, looking forward to that. I want to, uh, before we conclude here, uh, capital markets, you know, there was a tightening of the capital markets last year, but with that, there still seems to be investment as you noted in manufacturing what do you make of that well i mean it's it's you know a lot of well for example a lot of investment is is, is caused because because of expectations not necessarily interest rates so people are going to be uh uh based on what they think the economy is recovering this kinds of things they see inflation coming down um, they think people are going to be start spending more then they're going to start investing um, and so for the most part you know firms for the most except except for birkenstock i guess was the most Sort of most, uh, you know, the most anticipated IPO in in a while, and you know that that didn't go out as well as for for Birkenstock as we might have thought. But uh, but I think people are starting to think that that things are going to be okay, and that gives an incentive uh, to start to start investing. Now here in Montana, I, I would like to just say something about here that's yeah. a little bit different than the nation as a whole. I mean, we're we're most of our manufacturing sector, for example, is relatively small. Um, rely a lot on on loans, bank loans. And so, um, you know, the interest rates increases has sort of a bigger impact on our investment um, than it does in the nation as well, just because we're, you know, most of our manufacturing sector is relatively small and does rely on those, those bank loans. So we do have to sort of be, you know, on the one hand, but on the other. Um, but for those companies that can raise money in, uh, in financial markets, yeah, there's, there's, I think there's, there's money out there that, that, that is, can be invested I'm going to see if you, um, before we, we get to a break here, a couple of minutes on China. And I know you can spend a lot of time talking about China. <laughs> uh, w- when you talk about uh, the Western economies and even Russia and things like that, we get a pretty good uh, handle on things. I don't think we're, we're told the entire truth, but we parse that out. With China, I think it's really hard to tell. I mean, uh, mixed messages from China is, is the general modus operandi. Um, how do you think the Chinese, and it's such a large part of the world economy um, and we can't get a good read on it, or maybe we can. What are your thoughts about China as we look at 2024? Well, I think, you know, yeah, I think I agree that China has been sort of a lot of the, the, 
the sort of information that, that has been coming out of there sort of historically has been somewhat, um, let's just say less than a hundred percent spot on, but yeah. I think they, they have some, uh, increased transparency recently. I think they are realizing that, that it's probably not such a great idea to, to sort of make things up all the time. Um, particularly as they become more and more part of the global economy. Um, but you know, What's what the big thing about China that's been going on over the past uh, decade or so has just been a, a movement away from a lot of government types of consumption um, towards household consumption. You asked me about household consumption in the United States uh, earlier. And for the Chinese economy, it's almost flipped. Uh, you know, government consumption and investment counts for has historically counted for a very very large percentage of their total. Uh, economy and that's sort of been shifting towards the been trying to shift it towards household consumption over the past few years uh, and so that's that's taking you know that that sort of structural change in the economy I think is having an impact on their economy um, having said that you know too they they just they're coming out of the covid thing they were on pretty stringent lockdown until relatively recently so you know there's there's still some some churn that's going on there um, but I expect uh, you know I think China will keep going. It's just a question of, of in, in what context and whether or not they will they will uh, still be producing at the at the rate that they were. And I think recently there was relatively decent talks between China and the United States um, on the economy. And so hopefully we're all starting to be on the same page, uh, or or at least you know on the same book rather than trying uh, <laughs> to read different books at the same time. So uh, we'll. That that's going to be an interesting thing coming up, and you know, obviously, it is. It's a huge economy, and a lot of uh, Asian countries rely on China for for many different things, and so uh, that is yeah a big interest for us. And I, I think that they're going to. Uh, I think uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, and, and that's that's kind of why I, I think that becomes a, a bit of an issue here. But it's good to hear that they're becoming a little more transparent because. I mean, we can see we can see farther into the country now than we used to be able to, uh, so to speak. Dr. Robert Tino Sonora is with us here uh, again, professor of finance with the University of Mon- Montana. We'll talk about the economy further. We'll look at our energy markets as we come on back with more from Montana for Montana Voices of Montana. Are you tired of the year-end frenzy? Scrambling to meet deadlines, ensure compliance, and feeling overwhelmed with financial tasks? Say goodbye to the chaos of year-end with a proactive strategy from Eyed Bailey. The experienced certified public accountants and business and tax advisors at Eyed Bailey are here to help you simplify your year-end. Don't let the year-end madness get the best of you. Let Eyed Bailey provide you with the support you need. Visit iBailey.com slash year-end to get started. Is this a Christmas song, Johnny? I, I can't tell. Ah, okay. I'm feeling the spirit of the holidays. Hey, welcome back. It's from Montana for Montana. Voices of Montana. Merry Christmas to you all. I hope you have friends and family around. Tino Sonora is with us. I should mention a bit later on, Michael Howell will join us. He's with Enbridge, one of the... Uh, uh, newest players, I, I can say, I think, in, in the energy market here in Montana with some infrastructure, but uh, a large player as well. It would be good to make an introduction there. Again, back with Tino Sonora, Dr. Robert Sonora, University of Montana. Uh, I'd like to talk about uh, your your Croatian and your international influence uh, and experiences, <laughs> Tino. 
because uh, there's a lot of them, and it's very uh, it's evident we talk about the economy around the world too. But I got to ask you, uh, uh, I know you're going back to Croatia. I understand for the holidays. How how do they celebrate Christmas there? Well, you know, uh, I could just say, well, very similar to what we do here. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, uh, there's a lot more outdoor kind of stuff going on there. So it's really nice to kind of go downtown. And they have a couple, uh, they set up sort of these temporary ice skating rinks downtown um, near the train station in Main City Square. So yeah. people kind of do some ice skating. And then all of the, the sort of plazas and the squares uh, fill up with, with food carts and people selling little tchotchkes and um, drinks. And it's it's really neat to sort of uh, wander around, and you know they decorate the entire downtown area, um, and a lot of people go out and just kind of you know listen to music. Bands will be playing um, everything from rock bands to sort of more sort of uh, folk types of music. Uh, so it's just a really it's actually very festive there. It's a very nice place to spend the, spend. Uh, spend christmas and then you know christmas day uh usually big you know just like here families get together eat eat a lot uh croatians love to eat so uh, <laughs> i i had to train all my croatian friends that i don't eat as much as they do so um <laughs> what's 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 one of the but favorite is, but you know a lot of a lot of really great stuff what's yeah. one of the favorites on the table what's one of the uh, a christmas favorite dish uh, a lot of time it's a meat thing or lamb everybody likes really likes lamb there um you know the Sort of the specialty is like when there's a big event is, you know, roast a lamb and, uh, you know, you, you have that lamb roasting for about, you know, five or six hours with the potatoes and the onions and the carrots and, uh, and it's, you know, and then you just, then you just eat for hours, literally. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And then, you know, drink, drink wine and drink rakia and, and, uh, and, and laugh and, uh, carry on you know good good celebrate yeah, yeah. i appreciate it. like yeah, you say yeah. festive atmosphere and that's that's how it ought to be yeah, we need we do yeah, need exactly. that uh, in the world so uh, a couple of things here uh, and i know uh, i wanted to chat about that there's a lot on the economy we can talk about we could we'll certainly circle back but how much uh, of um uh, surprising to think but it's uh, this february uh, this winter will be like four years since covid really broke out um, what kind of COVID hangover are, are, are these nations and these uh, are us as individuals still dealing with? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously there's still some, some reticence among some, um, some workers, you know, to return to the office. So I think that's going to be a hangover. And I don't know if that's, um, you know, become kind of quasi-permanent or if things like that are going to change. Um, I think there's one of the big, big, big changes, of course, and is just in, in basically on the supply side is, is have what sort of supply chain are, are people going to have? Are they going to move closer to home um, rather than sort of count on, say, China? We were talking about China earlier, producing all this stuff. I know a lot of uh, manufacturing firms have moved out of China. Um, a lot of United States companies have moved their supply chain away from China um, just to diversify that supply chain. You know, over the past, I don't know, beginning, say, the 1980s, 90s, you know, we did a lot of more kind of just-in-time types of inventory um, and that really came and bit us um, during COVID. And so there's sort of been a realization uh, about how to do that, uh, that supply chain kind of stuff, um, so that we don't get impacted quite so severely and have these, these spikes in inflation like we did uh, two years ago. And so, you know, the supply chain has eased quite a bit. Um, it, it's, it's been increasing a little bit 
recently. I mean, in terms of, of, of slowdown in supply chain, but it, but it has eased a lot. And I think that's helping kind of put inflation back in check. Uh, that coupled with, with what the Fed has been doing and other central banks, I should say, around the world have been doing basically following suit with the Fed. Um, certainly the European Central Bank has been doing it, almost mirroring ex- exactly what the Fed has been doing for the past year or two. So I think as, as inflation eases, um, that will sort of help uh, help that supply, uh, I'm sorry, the inflation side and then with the supply chain as well. I should just reiterate that, you know, that, that the Fed controls sort of demand side types of inflation. Um, it's really relatively difficult for the Fed to control supply side mm-hmm. uh, inflation. And so that's been sort of a very difficult thing to deal with over the past uh, couple of years. Um, and so that's I think that's going to be the biggest change that we'll, we'll see is, 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 is just a sort of realignment of where our supply comes from. And speaking of supply, I'm going to talk a bit about the energy markets here a bit later on with uh, Michael Howe from from Enbridge. What's your take on that? I know the um, OPEC has decided to uh, continue their their cuts in production. This is something they started, though, last year at this time. So they're following through with that. They're probably looking at more uh, production cuts than they originally announced. Um, and, and that's I mean, you look at the world energy market and it's probably hard to get a handle on on where the right investment is in it because there seems to be a lot uh, up in the air. But what's the, what's the two cents worth on, on energy in 2023 and then looking ahead? Well, yeah, I mean, part of it has been slowing demand. I mean, is, is European economies and the Chinese economy, for example, sort of slow that that's put a less, little bit less demand on, um, on, on oil. I think, you know, as, as Russia sort of circumvented some of the restrictions on its oil exports, that's also lessened some of the demand for oil, which is causing some of these price drops, as well as just the movement into renewable energy, too. Um, I don't think that can be, I think that's something that's going to be uh, the big mover of energy over the next, you know, decade or so, is as we move away from, from fossil fuels into renewables. Um, you know, there's nothing came out of the most recent I, that I can tell that came out of the most recent discussions on, on climate change. And so I think we're still kind of uh, we're going to be in an, an, a fossil fuel dependent type of economy uh, for the foreseeable future. But I think that we're going to start sliding away from fossil fuels into renewables. And that's going to sort of depress the price of, of oil relative to other goods, um, you know, the trend will be that way. That doesn't mean there won't be spikes here and there, but I think the trend will be away from lower to lower oil prices relative to other prices for the next year. You know, it's kind of a shorter time frame, So, you know, anything can happen. Um, you know, as we saw, you know, the oil spikes, because when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, for example, um, that caused some, some shocks to the energy sector. So obviously the short term kinds of things will, will always play a role, but I think the trend will be um, again, Prices will fall, and I, and I again relative to other prices. I mean, obviously, prices are relatively high compared to what they were twenty years ago. But compared to what the overall price level is, uh, energy prices are are, are pretty low. So uh, we're still in that sort of. I, I suspect um, that's going to be sort of the trend moving forward. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the fact that um, OPEC has a. Uh, kind of a little balancing act to do. Um, also, by the way, just announced Brazil is probably going to join OPEC Plus here uh, in just a little bit. I've only got less than a minute left here, uh, Robert, so yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I am curious as we, we, we look at our economy 
you know, are we going to meet the demand for energy in the future, um, given what we have here? But um, we'll, we'll talk. We'll pick that up another day. <clears throat> you go off and. <laughs> you, you, There's you, always something to talk about, Tom. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And I appreciate your expertise and coming on and being a friend of the program. And I want to wish you a very, very happy holiday. A Merry, do they say uh, Merry Christmas in Croatia or. Uh, yeah. Sretan Bozic. Say it again. Sretan Bozic. Let's. Um, bo- yeah. So. Uh, that's good. That's Christmas. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Tino. Appreciate that. Thank you, Tom. Take care, man. And happy holidays for you as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for the podcast and join us daily Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for more Voices of Montana, a live issue oriented talk show heard daily Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on local stations all across Montana.